Welcome to Spirits Podcast, a boozy dive into mythology, legends, and folklore. Every week we pour a drink and learn about a new story from around the world. I'm Amanda. And I'm Julia. And this is episode 130, Your Urban Legends Part 22. God, I love an Urban Legends episode. Honestly, it's I so do. fun. We get to creep each other out. We normally record it in the morning, which is a strong choice. Mm-hmm. And it's just a good, good time for the whole team. Sometimes you just want like, you know, a uh, a Bloody Mary, but with beer. Was that called Toasty Mary? That's what it's called. Oh, yeah. I'm a big fan of the beer mosa, as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in the House of Eric Silver, they only drink beer mosas. That's true. And I very much enjoy it with a sea quench. So that is what I was drinking this Urban Legend episode. Oh, I love Dogfish Head and the sea quench is such a good beer. It's so true. Man, and now that we're playing the Bell Show this summer, I think we have to come up with a new dream venue and totally Madison Square Garden, obviously, just like my godfather, Billy Joel. Um, But I would love to record in the Dogfish Head Brewery. Oh, Oh my my God. God, Yes. So Um, much fun. We could do that. I bet we could do that. Oh, I bet we could try. The Mountain Goats played there and I wasn't able to see them this spring and it broke my heart. Let's start looking. Delaware is not that far. It's an easy travel. (laughs) Julia has a look in her eye like, wait, what if we made a podcast? (laughs) That's that look. (laughs) <laughs> that was three and a half years ago. Amanda, Amanda. What, well, what Julia, if? you know who I would totally rope into making a podcast with me at a happy hour? Is it our new patrons? Our new patrons, Cody, Mr. Folk, Hannah, Willis, and Gary. Welcome. You join the ranks of such beautiful, wonderful, people souls as our supporting producer level patrons. Philip, Eeyore, Mercedes, Christopher, Kathy, Danica, Marissa, Sammy, Josie, Neil, Jessica, and Phil Fresh. Phil Fresh always coming in with the clutch ending there. Such a good thing to end on. And uh, Julia, I have a beer mosa waiting for our legend level patrons. Talia, Haley, James, Jess, Sarah, Sandra, Audra, Jack Marie, and Leanne. You guys will make you brunch cocktails any day of the week. Julia, could you please also tell us about the update we received from last week's patron, Celine Dion's barista? So Amanda, Celine Dion's barista commented on our post and said, Celine actually drinks a lot more coffee than you'd expect. But in the morning, she likes a few shots of espresso in her coffee. She then drinks regular cappuccinos after that. Amazing. I, I am I am on the floor. Amazing. Canada's own. Celine Dion. Oh, man. I'm just I feel like I'm so attuned now to Canadian celebrities after Brooklyn Heights's reign uh, ha- has come on Drag Race mm-hmm. into the finals, along with official spirits drag queen Evie Oddly. Go, Evie. Love you, girl. Can't wait. Beautiful. Love it. So I think I have a recommendation this week. I didn't write it down. I'm oh, just please. On the fly. Uh, this weekend was Money in the Bank, the wrestling pay-per-view. And it's it's not so much a recommendation as a shout out. One of my favorite wrestlers, okay. Naomi uh rocked a absolutely stunning ring gear inspired by the dc comics teen titans character bumblebee and i'm I'm still blown away it's been two days and i'm just blown away by that outfit it was so good amazing that sounds absolutely beautiful i will link in the show notes uh speaking of things that we watch in our spare time uh we're actually going to take a break next week this is the first time we've done this in three and a half years and we thought because there are five uh wednesdays in may we thought we would take the last one off and this will let us take a little bit of a break go on a a little bit of vacation for memorial day weekend here in the u.s and just try to you know take care of ourselves take a little bit of a rest and then come back with a vengeance in june i'm gonna nap i'm gonna nap a whole bunch Going to nap a whole bunch and pack because we're also hitting the road for Nashville, which I'm very excited about. But we don't want to leave you in the lurch, y'all. So in the meantime, please check out the other shows on Multitude. Join the party. Just finished an arc. It is an absolutely wonderful time to catch up. It was buck wild this past uh, story arc. Julia was in it. There was an an almost dog kidnapping. There was a wrestling match. A lot of good stuff coming up. There's also Potterless, which if you haven't checked out Potterless after we've recommended it so many times. What are you doing? What's up? It's our friend Mike. He is reading the Harry Potter books as a 27-year-old man for the first time. It's wild. He also has an excellent Instagram where he uh, regrams people taking reactions of themselves as they hear his jokes and predictions. It's extremely good. And there's also Horse. There is so much drama this year in the NBA, as there is truly every year. And I find myself, Juliet, when I am home with no other people there watching goddamn basketball because it's so interesting. And I want to see my son, Giannis, who just loves to dunk. He just loves to dunk, Julia. And I know about him and his beautiful story because of Horse. Yeah, I'm in a uh, Discord with a bunch of people that I'm in a cast with, and two of the guys are always talking about basketball, and I actually know what they're talking about now. It's kind of wild. 
Beautiful. Well, that is if you put into your podcast player multitude, just put in that word, all of our shows will come up. You can binge on Waystation, do whatever you feel and let us know what you think. Yeah, check it out. Honestly, the shows are all about loving things critically, just like Spirits is. And we know that you're going to love it as much as we love it. We really hope you do. We hope you have a wonderful week next week. And we will see you the first Wednesday in June with our next episode. In the meantime, enjoy episode 130, Your Urban Legends, part 22. So we visited the spaghetti warehouse and we survived. We did. We did the thing. Thank you to our patrons who were able to fund that trip. We survived, but will our intestines ever be the same? <laughs> no, probably not. I don't not. think so. I now understand why everybody was like, lol, it's so random that you guys have such a thing for spaghetti warehouse because I get it now. <laughs> when it comes to what chain restaurants that could have been haunted, I kind of wish like an Outback had been haunted or like maybe a Chili's. I know. Cheesecake Factory would have been great. Um, and we're going to tell you all about our trip to Akron after we get to some listener urban legends. Mm-hmm. Wait, real quick. Who said Cheesecake Factory there? Amanda Me. Did. Amanda, you do not need an excuse to go to a Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> yes, I do. There's none in New York. <laughs> yeah, but you're anytime we're not in New York, that's the first place you go to. It's it's true. I mean, the bread is just so good and the sodas are so big and, and there's just so <laughs> many choices. I just want an, I just want an excuse and for patrons to help fund my way. That's fair. That's fair. Well, unfortunately, our next Patreon goal is to buy a castle in Ireland, I think. So uh, listen, I'm we'll ready. have to do Cheesecake Factory on our own dime. If you really want that Cheesecake Factory, all you have to do is go over the Hudson River because there's one literally right in Jersey City. All right. I will consider it for desperate times. Apparently, it's busier than usual right now, <laughs> according <laughs> to Google. What does that mean? People know. It is 10 a.m. on a Monday. I don't understand it. How many people are at the Cheesecake Factory in Jersey City right now? Well, I do have a mimosa in hand. So who wants to entertain me with some creepy stories from our beautiful, beloved conspirators? Why don't I start? Because I feel like you would appreciate this one, Amanda, because it's about a protective lake ghost that wears flannel. Hell yeah. So this comes from our listener, Rosie. Uh, Rosie says some very nice things about us and then says, I have personally never had an encounter with ghosts, but I will never rule them out as a non-existent. Plus, ghost stories are always fascinating and the good ones stick with you for years to come. These two stories of lake ghosts, which have been shared among my family and friends for several years. I know y'all will tell me to move out or get as far away as possible, but I promise the ghosts are friendly and real estate on the lake is low and the view of the lake is amazing. That is tricky. There's a lot happening there because one, you definitely should be getting out, but also lake, lake views. Lake views are pretty good. Lakes are nice. I was not a lake child growing up, but I do appreciate a lake. Love now, a lake. In, like, what is a lake child in the context of 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 spirits podcast because i feel like a lake child <laughs> is different asking. like i feel like jason is a lake child <laughs> that is true if, right i didn't die in a lake at summer camp thank you for clarifying eric okay i just want to make sure that we're on the same page with the definition of lake child i think julie meant that we grew up going to the ocean and not the lake yes but mm. uh yeah lakes are i just love them just those murky depths <laughs> I mean, all all this has come out about me being very weird since I slept walked, apparently. <laughs> so I just want to make sure that you guys aren't keeping weird, dark secrets as well about being a lake kid. Oh, yeah. I drowned as a child. So um, now I'm no. a ghost. No. I did, though, spend a lot of time visiting my grandparents, uh, like using a mask and diving for mussels, which was super fun. That is cool. I appreciate yeah. that. We did clamming when I was a kid. Anyway, sorry. Back to the story about the lake. The lake is located in Blue Ridge, Georgia, right under the mountains. It was built in the 1920s as a reservoir to feed into Tococo River with a dam holding everything in place. The man watching over the building of the lake owned two houses in a small cove. One is a large log cabin, which was originally two buildings before later owners combined them, henceforth the big house, as well as a smaller house across the lawn, mostly use for guests, henceforth the little house. All of the stories I will tell you take place in the big house, however. The house has seen several owners and several renovations before my grandparents owned it, but the ghost stayed with it. The city around the lake was thriving well before the lake was introduced, and this included a secret underground moonshine business at the height of Prohibition. 
This business was exposed to the police by one of the owner's sons, and the family was sent to jail for several years. However, when the family was released and the lake was full, two of the moonshiners and the rat went out onto the lake where he was dropped in wearing cement shoes. This was in the early 1900s. Oh no. The family's logic for this action was that he needed killing. This is in quotes. He needed killing. And when someone rats out the family business and sends them to jail, one isn't prone to disagreeing with them. Fair. Very good. Solid. Good choice. My grandparents bought the house in 1999, and it basically became a vacation slash holiday house, mostly used in the summer as well as for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Now, my grandparents are retired, and they live there full time with their two dogs, Birdie and Lulu. Very good dog names. Aw. The property has two houses on it, the big house, which is the main gathering place for family and friends, as it has a large den in the winter and a wraparound porch that spends almost half the house for the summer. The little house was basically my parents' house because only our family stays there. Three bedrooms, two people each, and a connected kitchen, dining room, and living room. It is small, but is a good place to escape the chaos of my family, as well as offering many the peaceful morning. And and now we get to the ghost story aspect to it. Love a, good, love a good setting. Set the scene for me. Appreciate it. Paint a word picture. I, I appreciate we get murder in the setup, which is always very good, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but starting with the flannel ghost. About 10 years ago, during the first renovation of the big house, my grandparents needed work done with their washer and dryer, so they called a plumber who was working at the house alone all day. In the middle of the day, the man looked up from his work to see a figure dressed in a flannel shirt and jeans staring at him from the doorway. Not fully registering the figure, the plumber returns to the work for a few seconds as his thoughts settle. Realizing he hadn't heard anyone come into the house while he was working, the plumber snaps his head up to look at the figure again to make sure that the house was safe. However, in the few seconds the plumber was looking away, the figure had vanished, making no noise. Reasonably, this terrified the plumber and sent him running from the house, never to return. Honestly, good for the plumber, as long as you have a certain level of preservation when you're working in houses by yourself alone. I think you're, you're pretty set. Very good survival instinct. So this story has been told to anyone and everyone who wants to hear it and is one of the classic stories at the lake house. And from a young age, this ghost has been referred to as George. No real reason why, but it is stuck. Now, just anything weird that happens at the lake or not is blamed on George. Don't don't use this ghost as a scapegoat. As a scapegoat. Ooh, scapegoat, though. Scapegoat. I mean... What what what's the worst a ghost is gonna do? I mean, we've we've seen some bad things that ghosts have done in the past. This one seems chill for the most part, but ghosts bad usually. All right, moving on to the second story of the haunting of the big house. My grandparents were are close friends with probably half the people who live on the lake, especially their neighbors across the street from them. For fluency's sake, they are known as the Grape family. My grandparents have been friends with Mr. and Mrs. Grape for as long as I can remember, and at this point, they are more like my aunt and uncle than neighbors. Before my grandparents lived there full time, the Grapes would have a bunch of guests up and their house couldn't hold everyone. So my grandparents offered for some people to stay at their house instead. That's very nice and neighborly. I appreciate that. Yeah. Wow. One afternoon, the guests staying in the big house decided to take naps and careful to not waste energy. They turned off all of the lights in the house. I appreciate that as well. Good neighborly like consciousness there. Did anyone else's parents walk around the house being like, why is this light on? No one's in this room. Sometimes. I mean, that's me. That's what I do. (laughs) So they decided to turn all of the lights in the house off. Everyone who was staying there was asleep. But by the time they woke up, every light in the house had been turned on. My dad's worst nightmare. To display the extremity of the situation, at the time, the house had three bedrooms upstairs, each with their own bathroom, a kitchen, a dining room, a small living room, a den, a nook, and a large porch. Many of these rooms had multiple lights and multiple light switches, not to mention lamps on lamps on lamps. So no human could have gone through the whole house and done this, especially not while people were sleeping in an old house with creaky floors. Damn. This is and a it could lesser... even have been like a like a circuit situation too. No, just uh, I don't know. This is a lesser told story among my family, but I still enjoy it, and it goes to show that not all ghosts are evil. Sometimes they just want to brighten your day and probably don't know what electricity bills are. It's extremely sweet. 
I love it a lot. It does remind me anytime there's a blackout, you know, and then as soon as the lights come back on, like everything in your house turns on that was on before the blackout. Yeah. It's uh, it always startles me. I also have some like motion activated night lights. You might know these from my house, mm-hmm. but they're like basically you just stick them to the wall. And when you walk by them, the night light turns on. That way, if you're going to the kitchen in the middle of the night or whatever, you don't trip. Um, but when the batteries start to die, they do turn on and off intermittently. Oh, no. Um, and the first time that happened, I just stared at my hallway, which is a hallway and therefore inherently creepy, just like frozen in place, holding my grapefruit pillow, which it looked like a grapefruit, until I put together, oh, wait, maybe the battery's dying. Oh, no, that's very, very bad. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. Uh, anyway, to wrap up, These are the two main ghost stories of the lake house, at least the ones that my parents know about, but the former owners might have some more. The ghosts have never done anything malicious, and we've always viewed them as protective, uh, as they only seem to strike when there's someone in the house when none of our family is around. I have been raised on these ghost stories and only know them as friendly, protective friends who are just looking out for us. Sadly, there haven't been any sightings since the major renovation of the house, but I still hold out hope that George is peacefully watching over our family, making sure only good people enter. Oh, it's very sweet. Um, also, I'm very concerned now that during the major renovation, some sort of cursed object was taken from your home, which mm. is why there were the ghosts. And now some poor contractor is being haunted. He probably shouldn't have stolen that cursed object from your home, but I think that he did. And now he's cursed. I want to point out that ghosts not having a concept of electricity bills <laughs> furthers my concept that there's not enough new it's true. ghosts. Fair. Because a newer ghost would be like, uh you know what actually be really good a ghost who died in the 90s like late 90s and was less like oh my gosh nights and night night and weekend minutes <laughs> like at a ghost that just tries to like make cell phone calls as a malicious thing but it's like everyone's got unlimited minutes now so it <laughs> doesn't like, well, matter why did i get butt that's idle. the kind of very niche modern ghost i'm looking for that's here. very good or like figures out the frequency to set your pager off at all hours oh no I like that. That was very, very or good. Or maybe, maybe it's a like climate change denier ghost who oh. is like, fuck you. I'm going to use all the electricity I want. Interesting. Interesting choice. I'm, I'm, I'm curious, but I'm into it. That's honestly possibly the worst ghost we've ever come across. <laughs> I agree. I have a uh, slightly smaller story in the sense that this is about a ghost in my new apartment. Um, okay. So like yours was a house. Yeah. This is an apartment. I got very confused for a second and thought you meant your apartment. Amanda's is going to be in a cardboard box. <laughs> Just getting smaller my, and smaller. My haunted uh, story can indeed fit in a cardboard box. So I'll leave you all on that little Excellent. tinder hook. It were. This is a decreasingly decreasing size episode. <laughs> this story comes to us from Martha and they say... Hello, let me say, let me just first start by saying I love your show and I started listening to it a few months ago and I've been hooked ever Thanks. since. Thanks. Thank you so much. Well, on to the story. A few months ago, I moved into my new one bedroom apartment. It is the first time I've lived completely alone and I was a little scared at first, as mm-hmm. you are. I have always believed in the spiritual and have had several dreams that came true. Once, when I was 18, I dreamt that my brother died and I was so distraught that my mom had to come come sleep beside me. Not long after, my, friend, my friend's brother died. Ooh, no. And when I was even younger, I had a dream that I was in a burning room. And just a few weeks later, after I was in an accident where my friend got third degree burns on most of their upper oh, body. Shit. He's okay oh, today. Damn. The prophetic dreams. I guess like dream happier things. I don't know. Yoinks. Similar things like similar things to these have happened throughout my entire life. The first few nights in my new apartment were fine. I didn't sleep well, but I just thought it was because this was a new place. On the third or fourth night, I was sitting in my bed watching a movie when someone grabbed the handle to my front door, which spooked me out quite yeah. a bit. Then, clever as I am, my friend and I were using tarot cards and the and oracle slash angel cards and i was giving my friend a reading when suddenly i started to feel weird and i had a feeling that someone was looking at me from behind even though there wasn't 50 centimeters from me to the wall behind me very close the walls have eyes i couldn't quite control my arm and had to write i can't do this anymore oh no it was in big childish letters that isn't anything like my typical writing 
My friend looked freaked out and tells me that her dead aunt wrote precisely that when she died of muscular dystrophy. Oof. Oof. We're obviously both freaked out, and my friend leaves not long after because she felt unwell. <laughs> I would too, probably, after that Fair. situation. Fair. It should probably be noted that I live almost directly across the street from where her aunt and uncle lived right before oh, they died. Jesus. This is the middle of this is in the middle of February and Denmark is very cold at that time of year, but it was so hot in my apartment that I had to turn off the heating and I was still sweating like crazy. Then one night not long after, I woke up to see a woman and a child at the head of my bed. This this has escalated very quickly. Her bed is not against okay. the wall. To 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 make a note. So there's like there's some room okay. over there oh, for yeah. these for these for these spooky guys. I did I did the smart thing or at least I decided that it was the smart thing at the time. I closed my eyes and went back to sleep. I would not be able to do that. I just can't. You know, I have a lot of respect though for people who see spooky shit and then decide, nope, sleeping because like I can't sleep well on a good night. <laughs> That's true. I feel like I would always get like after like a scary movie, I would just like envision the scary thing mm-hmm. in my room. Sure. Like I feel like that's a pretty typical like reaction to that. And of like I could usually just be like, you know what? If I just close my eyes, the ring from the girl isn't here <laughs> and I won't keep imagining it if I just can't see anything. Mine was always the grudge, you know, the weird like hair that would come out of the corner, the shadowy hair that would grow out. Yeah. That, that was something yeah. I would always picture as a kid. Mine is a hand coming through the basement stairs, which did not have a back to them and grabbing my ankle. Ah, good. Solid. Ooh, that's no good. No that's good at no all. Good. <laughs> I'm glad we could all be honest about it. Now, did you, have a, did, did you have a finished basement or an unfinished It was finished basement, while Amanda. I was growing up. So the stairs okay. used to be mad creepy and then were carpeted, but the the light switch to the basement was at the bottom of the stairs. So yes, I, rec- I recall this what, being being in your childhood home yeah. once. It was a weird. It was setup. a weird setup. The next day, I wrote my friend and told her about it, and she told me to light some incense and pray to the universe. After that, it seemed that my apartment got cleaned out, and I haven't had any of those major experiences since. Just the random noise here and there. Once again, I love your show and apologies for the very anticlimactic ending to my story. Much love. <laughs> no, from we're glad, Martha, that your uh, that your apartment is no longer super yeah, creepy. Definitely. And and to be fair, random noises are apartment living, so I, I think you're okay. Yeah, this is like the best possible outcome is the end of the scary yeah stuff. like we're we're not encouraging y'all to be like and i'm still haunted to this very day we want happy endings for y'all i mean i've made it explicitly clear that people need to stop inviting all the spooky stuff and just like chill just have a non-spooky life i know it's cool to have a spooky life when you're a teen <laughs> and you want those tumblr reblogs or whatever's going on these days. But there's a point where you just gotta just gotta stop stop living that spooky lifestyle. Or don't. You I mean you do you. I'm just saying for me personally, I want a very unspooky remaining sixty ish years. Here's or the so. thing. I think that this is why we do our Urban Legends episodes so that y'all can live vicariously through other people's spooky life stuff and you don't have to do it yourself. It's true. Yeah. The problem is we do have a lot of emails in that inbox. So it's not, it's actually, I feel like it might be, I feel like we might be doing that opposite thing where we actually encourage people to get spookier to write. Yeah, you know, we've heard from several people who have seen shadow people while listening to spirits. And again, I love your stories, but I don't want to plant that seed in more listeners' heads because I don't want you to have an experience like Lucia did who wrote into us to say, yeah, you know, I saw a shadow person, had to like hide under a tree in Germany while it was raining a lot. And I was like, I don't want this for you. No, we don't want you to be haunted by shadow people. We promise. I want better for you, like any parent and their children. (laughs) Well, I have a a very kind of uh, isolated and limited haunting that I still felt was extremely fun. So why don't we end on that before we get a refill? Please. Sounds good. This comes from Rina, pronoun she, her. Haunted art, the crying guanim. Oh, yes. I saw this one. I'm very excited you're reading it. Hi, I'm Rina from Thailand. 
I just listened to your Urban Legends 14, where Eric said he wanted to hear more about haunted art. And I think this thing that happened to my family might be perfect for it. You ready for some haunted art, bud? I'm so ready. Julia talked about Guanyin a little bit in Gender Fuck the Gods episode and said that this god had been called by many names across Asia. So because I'm Thai, I would like to call him how Thai people call them, which is Prame Guanyin, or Guanyin for short. Before getting into the haunted art, I want to share with you what I've been told about the gender transformation of Guanyin. I was told that he used to be a male god. One day, he was traveling across a forest where he heard a cry of pain from a woman who was all alone in the woods and about to give birth. It was a difficult labor, and both the mother and baby wouldn't have survived without any help. Now, for some reason, a male god cannot touch mortal women's blood. So Guanim, knowing full well that what he's about to do can't be undone, transformed himself into a woman to help with the birth. Both mother and child were safe. That's very sweet. It really is. And Guanim, after that, continued living as a woman and adopted that name, Guanim. The haunted art I want to talk about is the high-relief sculpture of Guanim in my uncle's possession. One day out of the blue, my uncle had three wood carving sculptures made. All three were of Guanim. He had had a dream that Guanim told him to do so. So despite never really having shown interest in praying for them before, he did. The sculptures are identical, but one of them stood out. He gave one to my grandma and the other one to his wife's mother. And guess which one he keeps? The one he keeps is said to be the most beautiful because the natural pattern of the wood matches every part of the sculpture. Curved lines on their cheeks, wavy lines on the hem of their dress, and even spiral lines on their fingers. It sounds more holy than haunted, doesn't it? It does. Correct. Now, there's a belief that Guanim devotees are not supposed to eat beef because some say the cow is Guanim's main boy. Mm-hmm. And some say it has something to do with the story of one of their past reincarnations. The problem is that my uncle loves beef and he doesn't know that he wasn't supposed to eat it. Okay. He'd started having these dreams of Guanim crying, telling him to stop eating beef. And when he had these dreams, he started to notice a crack on the sculpture. Oh, no. But my uncle was stubborn. He wasn't going to stop eating something so delicious that easily. Okay, hold on. When a god tells you to stop eating a thing, like, I love cheese. If someone I was devoted to, it came to me in a dream and told me to stop eating cheese, I fucking would. Well, Rhina's uncle was stubborn, and it still kept happening. So every time he had some beef, sure enough, he had more dreams, and the sculpture had more cracks. Oh, no. He ended up having to swear he would never eat beef again for the dreams and the cracks to finally stop. Fast forward to about a year after all this had happened, my uncle got drunk and ate a little bit of grilled beef. So relatable. As someone who used to be a vegan, every time that I would get drunk, all I wanted was just like pulled pork. And anyway, I never broke. Didn't lose my vegan powers until I decided to, but very relatable. So when that happened, the cracks came back. Now he is off beef for good and no more crying or cracking guanine. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad we appeased guanine. I'm not telling you to nam nai, the Thai word meaning to believe wholeheartedly without any evidence or factual support. Because the belief that Guanim devotees are not supposed to eat beef is only practiced in Southeast Asia and not in China, Tibet, or India. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a good reason for a goddess to really cherry pick which region gets to eat beef. And the beauty of the sculpture could have come from the masterful hands of its sculptor. But I'm not really sure. What do you guys think? I think that, you know, certain things just align and happen in a way that, like, sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't, you know? Like, I don't know. I, I, I love that there's a word to for something to be believed wholeheartedly and without any, like, logical, like, backup for it. That's very cool to me. Yes. Thai speakers, I did my best, and Rhina gave me some pronunciation guides, but I, I, I tried. Thank you, Rhina. Um, but, yeah, I really, I, I dig that. I take that story a lot. That's it, I don't know. I, I'm always like really intrigued by uh, stories of devotion. I th- I think that if a god wants to pick and choose who does what where, then then I mean that's that that's the higher power. Yeah. That's 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 their yeah. choice. It's not the the for the the minds of man to decide what gods want to do. Yeah, you know that the famous, famous quote. That famous beautiful mellifluous quote. Well, thank you very much, Rhina, for writing in. Let's go grab some refills, and then we will get to our spaghetti warehouse story. 
Julia, as you know, we moved last week into an office for Multitude. We did. It is incredibly exciting. My body has also never been so sore. And this is a true story. Got home from moving into our office carrying so many acoustical panels and boxes of equipment and computer monitors and sat down on my couch and was like, oh, no, I have no groceries. I need to eat because I have just burned more calories than I have since like running the mile in gym class in high school. And uh, what do I do? And the answer was DoorDash. I used DoorDash to order some sushi. They have all kinds of restaurants on demand getting you meals right to your home. And I bet the best part, too, about moving into the new office is you get a bunch of new options for DoorDash. Absolutely. New neighborhood means new restaurants to check out on DoorDash. There are over 310,000 of them in total, and they're represented in 3,300 cities. So here in New York City, of course, we're spoiled, but it's on all 50 states and Canada. So no matter where you live in North America, you're going to have a DoorDash option. That's so many states and also provinces. Totally. And you can actually get $5 off your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app from your phone's app store and enter the promo code SPIRITS at checkout. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the app store and enter promo code SPIRITS. Yep. $5 off your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and use the promo code SPIRITS at checkout. Thanks, DoorDash. Amanda, I love learning. We know this. Yeah, you do. I love learning. I feel like I should be a lifetime learner, and I can be because I love Skillshare and I use it all the time. Skillshare is an online learning community where you can learn and teach just about anything. We've talked about Amanda's incredible Skillshare class already, but I have a new one to recommend for you this week. And it is going viral, write, film, and make content people share. Sometimes, you know, you want to make stuff just for the sake of making stuff, but sometimes, sometimes your side hustle has to become the thing that brings in your money. And this is a great class to kind of learn how to monetize the thing that you love doing, that you love being creative about, and find a way to bring joy into making money, which, God, I wish I could do more of that. Absolutely. That's a great point. And, you know, when you're designing new stuff, you want to know what the experts suggest, whether you decide to take their advice or not. I think it's really useful to kind of know, like, the framework behind, you know, hashtag content online before you decide what your next project is. So you can join millions of students who are already learning on Skillshare today with the special offer just for our listeners. You can get two free months of Skillshare. That's right. That's two free months of Skillshare. You get unlimited access to over 25,000 classes for free. And to sign up, you can go to Skillshare.com slash Spirits2. Again, that is Skillshare.com slash Spirits2 for two free months right now. And we are also sponsored this week by Calm. Now, with so much airplane travel coming up, Julia, you know that obviously we love listening to podcasts, we love listening to music, but sometimes I just want to be standing in a little moment of zen in a really crowded situation. So when I am waiting in security or when I'm waiting to board a plane, I just want to forget where I am. And what's really helpful are the soundscapes that are in the Calm app. Now, we know we've told you before they've guided meditations, they have sleep stories, but they also have these wonderful like sound designed scapes of rainstorms or like jungles or just like a crackling fire. And it is so calming. That sounds absolutely beautiful. And I imagine that's really good for productivity and stuff like that, too. Like sitting down, you just want to focus. And all of a sudden, you're like, ah, this calming rainstorm. I love a little bit of thunder, a little bit of rain pattering on the on the panes of my window. This is the perfect moment for it. Unfortunately, it's May, so I'm not getting beautiful thunderstorms right now. But I can use my Calm app. You can. And you, as well as all of the Spirits listeners, can get 25% off of a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash spirits. That's C-A-L-M dot C-O-M slash spirits. Yep, that is calm.com slash spirits for 25% off your Calm premium subscription which gets you unlimited access to all of Calm's content. I pay for Calm with my own human dollars because I really enjoy it. I really like it for sleeping, for stopping, getting stressed out, for meditating, and also for these lovely little moments of zen in the airport. Thanks, Calm. Thank you, Calm. And now let's get back to the show. So we are back from the refill, and we are about to dive in to what happened uh, just a few weeks ago in Akron, Ohio. Amanda, Julia, and friend of the show, Eric Silver of Join the Party and Horse, uh, joined them and uh, came into Cleveland for the weekend. Stayed at a very spooky. It was very house, haunted uh, for the for the uh, for the. All right, time. let's uh, let's talk about the house a little bit because mm-hmm. we didn't mention this. I think okay. in the recordings that we're going to play you, but I don't think we do. We, I don't think we uh, do. had booked an Airbnb near Eric's home, and then they spookily canceled on us about a week before we were supposed to arrive. So. 
looking at the other options, I was like, oh, giant Victorian mansion. It sounds like that's exactly the uh, the the house that we should stay in. It was it was meant to be. It's it's all of the uh, all of the things coming together to create the perfect horror movie. This is a giant side by side Victorian mansion. So there's there's a house on one side, house on the other side, attached one building, five bedrooms over three floors, two hundred dollars a night, wild. an amazing deal, an amazing deal. I mean, just like really, really nice wood carvings and moldings, just like straight out of like Spooksville. Some beautiful right craftsmanship for sure. Yeah, it was totally gorgeous. Definitely very haunted. Like none of the doors met the door frames quite right. The the like the floors all all uh you know slanted a little bit. It was very creaky, but very pretty. Mm-hmm. It had a bush in the front yard that had the that was cut in the the number of the year that the the, the house I didn't was built. Notice that it was. Oh, yeah, 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 that giant hedge bush right up front said 1901, like in huge, huge bush <laughs> carvings or whatever you call them. I completely missed that. Topiary, I believe that is, is, the, the, correct is term, the term. Yes. Yeah, it was uh, extremely good. Again, I was very happy with the deal that we got, patrons, using uh, using your dollars in a smart way. But we uh, we got it on a Friday. We hung out uh, with with Eric Schneider here and some of the other friends that we have in Cleveland, uh, and it was very very fun. And then on Saturday, we drove out to Akron, um, home of LeBron James. It was very exciting for me, and I know for uh, for Eric Silver to uh, to you know be in that in that holiest of places. Um, and then we got to Spaghetti Warehouse. Now we had made a reservation. For because we really wanted to sit in the trolley car, obviously. Yes, we did. But getting there, we realized how absurd it was that we had had to do that because there were about 10 other people in the restaurant and it was like 11.45 in the morning on a Saturday. There were 10 people in that restaurant that probably could have seated about 2,000. <laughs> yeah, at least several hundred. It was a very big restaurant. Like, I totally get the warehouse vibe. Mm-hmm. It's mass. It's just truly truly massive and like there is no like decor from like section to section that matches in any ways none at all it is a buck wild buck wild place so why don't we play you the clip of us in the car before walking in as we kind of shared our first impressions of the restaurant uh we made it we are here outside the spaghetti warehouse at exactly noon on a saturday there is no one here how's everyone feeling nervous i'm so excited why because we don't want our boy to get kidnapped again? Yeah, I don't want him to get kidnapped again. Also, I just want some good spaghetti. <laughs> I don't think we're in the right place for good spaghetti. Oh, no. <laughs> there, someone said this place has a 2.5 rating on Yelp. It does. <laughs> so that's going to be good. There's it's because of all the ghosts. Someone also said there's a uh, an item menu that has like three different kinds of meat. It's called pasta extravaganza or yeah, something. Yeah, it is. So like, I, might, I might go for that. We'll see. We we'll might see die not out. from ghosts, just from an overload of meat. I feel like I've inoculated myself against everything that's happening because I went to Olive Garden intentionally last week oh, okay. to make sure that I, I had like a baseline. You built up your immunity. Exactly. And then yesterday we've been inside of a haunted mansion since true. we've been in Ohio. So I feel like oh, spaghetti ghosts is not something that's going to get me. All right. There, it might not be spaghetti getting. But it's still going to be haunted. I inoculated myself by taking a Pepsi AC. Smart. <laughs> Good choice. Probably should have done that. We also brought three witnesses in case something happens to us. They will be here to document our tale. They will be silent witnesses. Yes, on the recording. But if you hear from them, something has gone terribly wrong. <laughs> They've uploaded this file as our last will and testament. All right. Any uh, final remarks or predictions before we go in? I predict that I'm not going to eat anything because I unfortunately can't eat garlic. And I think that that is all the spaghetti warehouse has to offer in terms of flavor. Yeah, that's fair. I bet they've got like a just a plain cheeseburger or a salad. Mm -hmm. A salad. A cheeseburger at the warehouse? There's a spaghetti cheeseburger, someone said. Yeah, that's a thing. It's like, I don't know what's on that. I I have no idea what would that that would be. I predict that I'm Amanda's going to order something that she suspects doesn't have garlic on it, and then then it's going to have garlic on it, and then I'm going to eat it. (laughs) Yep. All right. Let's see how it goes. From there, we walked into the restaurant. We ordered some food. We saw the trolley car itself, and we uh, sat in the trolley car. We did. We did. And it was a little bit spooky. So this is what we saw. Uh, Spaghetti Warehouse Volume 2. We have ordered our foods. And drinks. And drinks. We have drinks. I got a margarita and a cheeseburger with almost nothing on it. 
which, uh, you're right, there was a cheeseburger. I got a frozen Italian lemonade, because it seemed refreshing. It is. A, a boozy lemonade. Yes, it is a boozy lemonade. There's, like, absolute lemon or something in there. I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> what do you get to eat? Um, I got a Caesar salad, because I ate a big old crepe right before we came here. <laughs> I got a... Uh... I think it was called a spaghetti mule. No, warehouse spaghetti mule. Me, a warehouse mule for my drink and a spaghetti feast for my lunch, which is spaghetti, meatballs, Italian sausage, and garlic bread. It is too much. Uh, I got water and uh, I got the lasagna that was known as the all time guest favorite. So I have to go with the masses and really just like see what that all that's about. There are 15 layers, I'm gonna count all of them. Um, now, do you think those are layers of pasta or layers of like sauce? Is it sauce, a cheese, a layer? Like, are each of those a different layer? Like, what do you think is a layer? I think it encompasses all layers. So all it's like, it's like one noodle, two <laughs> that cheese, count. three meat. No, I think that's what it is. I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine it's fifteen layers of noodles. <laughs> it's a full box of lasagna. <laughs> I mean, I, I fully agree. I was just wondering what your thoughts were. <laughs> Yes, I think I'm going with the rational thing. Um, so we're in the trolley. we're in the trolley. Oh yes, yeah, and we're importantly we're in the trolley. I'm just confused who this restaurant is for. There is like a lot of like Americana, like grandpa, grandma decor, and also clearly this is for kids because there's two froggers in the trolley. Yeah, and also board games. They're board, there's like a board game section. Like, Operation is just sitting at the front of the trolley. There's car. a bucket full of chalk. Oh, yeah, there's a chalk. Was it there? Wait, game. was that there when we sat down? <gasps> yep. Yeah. There, there are some mysterious smudges next to Schneider's head. I think that was probably a, a, a baby standing up on the ledge. <laughs> um, sure, but, you know, we documented it just in case. And uh, we will report back. I will also say it is noticeably hotter in the trolley than, than elsewhere. And as soon as we sat down, I was like, oh, wow, it's very hot. Also, it's very cold. And I got weird goosebumps. Because you're sitting in a ghost. There's a heater. There are heaters in the trolley, but nowhere else in here. There is a non-zero chance that this trolley car, when it was operation, did run over someone. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> so... It's very possible that there is just the victims of this trolley car are haunting it. That's my theory. Listen, obviously, <laughs> when they got the trolley car, they're just like, you know what, Jimothy, you can run, you can run the heater. All right, we're here for the post-game analysis. Everyone immediately wants to take a nap. Uh, I feel good. I feel great. I ate my, I ate my feast. I ate half my feast, which was a very symmetrical meal. I have. Please say more. So, like on the on the left and right side, you got a piece of garlic bread, and then on the top part, you got two meatballs. Bottom part, you got like a sausage, and then you got like a big thing of spaghetti right in the middle. And I ate half of it, and it was it was quite tasty. It's quite tasty. I mean, not like impressive by any means, but like it did its job. Filled me up. I must say, I feel like Sarah Koenig here holding a microphone toward you in a public place. It's very uh, surprising. In Cleveland, for that matter. <laughs> this is true. Julia, how was your gigantic Caesar salad? Um, I ate about a third of it. It was on par with most brand, like chain brand Caesar salads that I've had. It was fine. It was a little warm. Oh, <laughs> yeah. not, a, not a quality I look for in my yeah, Caesars, no. unless it's warm chicken on top of a cold Caesar. Yeah, no, not what I meant. I had a, a deeply well done hamburger. <laughs> deeply well done. <laughs> um, I must say, overall, this does feel like a spot that. Oh, okay. Wow. Mr. Silver, how is your lasagna? Also, why are you here? First of all, I'm the one who uh, who documented the first uh, ghost uh, reckoning in the first place. Also, I was here in the beginning of this interview, and you just kind of ignored me. Uh, I think I was possessed because I don't remember eating. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden so it was not there. So I don't know if something some spell came over me, but now all of a sudden there's no nothing on my plate. There were like only seven layers of pasta. I will also say. I, you're also your lasagna came with a small Italian flag on it. And now it's gone. Did you also no, eat <laughs> No, I, I put it somewhere. It is it is here under the plates that I have condensed. No, it's not. Oh, wait. It's under my second bun because I could not... <laughs> I could not eat the full bun. I could not do it. It was too dry. Everything was so dry. So dry. That's the true haunting. Well, we, need to, we, need to, we need to talk about the uh, these 
windows that are inside of the building, leading into a different part of the building. Please say more. They look like just two intertwined fetuses. <laughs> like it's like two, like two, just. I mean, I guess more, more like just a oh, double. Oh, they do like peens. <laughs> more like they do. Look more like, like more like a double ended dildo, kind of just yeah. two double ended dildos, just like yeah. wrapped around each other. It's like yeah, it's true. Like layered, like an artistic piece. It's it's actually a, a summoning ritual for just horny ghosts. Horny lesbian ghosts, which sounds yeah. like an interesting <laughs> opportunity for us. Sure. Because as we learned today, there are four times as many closed spaghetti restaurants. <laughs> As there are open ones, which is extremely tragic. So sad. I mean, is it? I feel like it's more a victory for mankind than a tragedy. It is so hot in this fucking. I'm very cold. It's so hot. I'm the interior. I'm in the middle of. It is. It is weird because me and Julia are sitting next to a literal window because we're in the trolley car, and you do kind of every so often get a breeze, even though nothing is moving. So maybe, maybe the source of the haunting is that there is poor temperature regulation in here. I'm pretty sure the first haunting that we that we documented on an Urban Legends episode was like near a piano though. So, I mean, we, we're, I don't even see a piano in here. No, there is a ski ball. Um, there is a, maybe a jukebox. But overall, I would give Spaghetti Warehouse like a, like a three out of 10 on the haunting scale. I think there's enough old stuff that I, I definitely see how it happens. Uh, the food certainly was not for the living and um i saw your burger man i was just like oh man it looks like it went through the pits of hell well you know what's not there salmonella it's true it's true you definitely won't get sick you definitely won't get sick from that burger that's true your food looks like something you eat and then you automatically like are in hades indentured servitude for like 10 years i mean just as good just good. That's fine. That's good. I like that this place just has like a very like it doesn't have any particular one vibe, but it, it does feel like this chain started in the 1940s and did not evolve past that, yeah. except for like one random thing every decade. Why did my lasagna have an Italian flag in it? Well, I mean, I think the question. But is everything why didn't did. My feast? Exactly. But yeah, why like why why is that the most Italian of foods? Yeah. I don't know. Who can say? Was it a Leaning Tower of Pasta? Is that why? Perhaps you, Perhaps you did point out that your lasagna was garnished with additional uh, with additional <laughs> pasta. That's true. There was an extra. There was extra pasta next to the lasagna. So I think, who even knows? I think the Yelp reviewers got it right with the two and a half. Yeah, that's about right. Yes, this place has a two and a half stars on Yelp. We've also noticed that there is a brand of soda uh, served here called Norca, which, as uh, Mr. Silver pointed out, is Akron spelled backward. Uh, and the, the subheading here on this explanational placard is. An Akron icon comes back to life. So the soda's haunted. Ooh. It's a ghost soda. The service, the, ser- the service has been completely fire, but the food is definitely just nothing. Nothing. Our, our server is very nice. Um, I just saw that dripping again for like the fifth time. Julia, say more about the dripping. Um, there's just, well, we're sitting in the trolley car and there's a row of tables next to the windows next to us. Um, and I just saw it drip again. Uh, it looks like it's coming from a rusty pipe. <laughs> it's definitely not ectoplasm, because it is from, like, the, um, it looks like the fire pipes or something no, like that. Um, but As old buildings are wont to do. Fair enough. This building was built in 1874, I think? Yeah, this is among the, the oldest of the spaghetti warehouses currently uh, in operation in terms of the original structure built in the 1870s. We can't we cannot explain enough how large this place is. We're like also, I expected like the only people in here. But I expected it to be like a, a normal size restaurant. It is massive. It is so large. It's almost like it was a former warehouse. It was a former warehouse. I feel like this is a place that someone would buy but like put in like a cryptocurrency company be like oh yeah in the middle of nowhere the industrial district i bought this warehouse and so now i'm gonna make ghost coins Ooh. pasta pasta bits pasta with, with a z more like a bite coin am i right uh, <laughs> I oh no amanda the microphone to the like, tooth no. al dente oh, no, you know the oh, no, no, the battery's low ah well, if we ever make it back, uh, we will. No, no. <laughs> uh, thank you, conspirators, for bringing us to the spaghetti warehouse. I feel like I have investigated the myth, 
Um, I, I have not proved anything conclusively, and I look forward to hearing more of your urban legends from the comfort of my own couch. Yes, please. Thank you. So remember. Stay positive. Stay al dente. Stay creepy. Stay cool. You may notice uh, at some point that Eric just kind of cut himself off in the middle of a sentence um, because the waiter was approaching. And as if, you know, like eight grown adults at a spaghetti warehouse at noon on a Saturday by themselves with no children uh, weren't, you know, conspicuous enough. We also like had microphones out. So uh, we we had to quickly put them away. So that was our trip to a spaghetti warehouse flush with food reviews and everything. But on the way out, we saw a uh, old timey fortune telling uh, Mm -hmm. machine that we all inserted our quarter into and uh surprisingly it didn't just it didn't just like say podcaster <laughs> yeah what did everyone so, get so does does do we all remember what we got i think i got like adventure i definitely got adventurer as well i don't think i used it because i didn't want to touch it okay that's fair mm. someone else got got like banker oh no I yeah believe. one of our friends got so, like, politics <laughs> yes yeah it was just kind of, it, it didn't seem like it had the exact right uh, rhythm of who yeah. we were. But but that but that wrapped up our our whole uh, adventure at Spaghetti Warehouse. Then we headed over to a brewery right around the corner from it. And uh, we uh, hung out with uh, eight or so of our, uh, of yeah. our listeners, which was yeah. a blast. So thanks to all of you guys that uh, came out um, from pretty much all around Ohio. Like people came up from Cleveland where we were, but like, down south like someone drove like two hours which is just like Dang, amazing just for like a meetup and not like a show or yeah, anything it was it was super super fun i'm glad that i saw the warehouse in action um i really continue to appreciate all of the tweets and emails that people send us with their local spaghetti warehouses i do think it'd be fun to visit other ones like we were reading what was it julia the one in houston that seemed pretty massive yeah the old. houston one there's the austin one which is the original uh pharmacy uh, the pharmacist who died in the uh, yes. elevator shaft. Yes, and if you conspirators have not heard the full Spaghost Chronicles, uh, about a year and a half ago on our second anniversary, uh, Eric Silver wrote a a very entertaining like five episode arc where we totally realistically and not in fiction whatsoever rescue Eric Schneider here from the the Spaghost. So mm-hmm. you can go to spiritspodcast.com, click the episode uh, tab, and then click Spaghost as the tag and it will let you browse all those episodes Mm -hmm. it's it's well worth your time it is and our next uh our next patron goal as steiner mentioned is buying a goddamn haunted castle which if you don't think i will do you don't know me very well so (laughs) thank you patrons for your ongoing support you make this possible we love you deeply and remember stay creepy stay cool stay pasta (laughs) Thanks again to our sponsors. DoorDash is the fast, convenient food delivery app. Get $5 off your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code SPIRITS at checkout. Skillshare is an online learning community where you can learn and teach just about anything. Go to Skillshare.com SPIRITS2 to get two months of Skillshare premium for free. And Calm is the number one app to help you reduce your anxiety and stress and sleep better. Get 25% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash spirits. Spirits was created by Amanda McLaughlin, Julia Shafini, and Eric Schneider, with music by Kevin McLeod and visual design by Allison Wakeman. Keep up with all things creepy and cool by following us at Spirits Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr. We also have all of our episode transcripts, guest appearances, and merch on our website, as well as a form to send us your urban legends at spiritspodcast.com. Join our member community on Patreon, patreon.com slash spiritspodcast for all kinds of behind the scenes stuff. Just $1 gets you access to audio extras with so much more available too. Recipe cards, director's commentaries, exclusive merch, and real physical gifts. We are a founding member of Multitude, a collective of independent audio professionals. If you like spirits, you will love the other shows that live on our website at multitude.productions. And above all else, if you liked what you heard today, please share us with your friends. That is the very best way to help us keep on growing. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time.